Hi, folks. This is Rich from the Bloodthirsty Vegetarian Podcast, and holy cow, I guess it's been quite a while, almost two years. We haven't been doing the podcast for quite some time, but recently when I was cleaning my apartment, I unearthed a few CDs of some recordings we made with Kirsten from the Potty Talk Podcast. You might remember we did an interview with her in September 2006, and we used it on our show. Well, that same day, we ended up recording some material for her to use on her podcast, which she never ended up releasing. So I asked her permission and she was okay with letting me release these as Bloodthirsty Vegetarians podcasts. I have enough material for two, so you're going to get an episode uh, with basically Kirsten interviewing me with occasional commentary from John. So it's not going to be like a normal Bloodthirsty Vegetarians podcast. But at least it's something. And who knows, maybe in the meantime, I can end up finding another partner to uh, continue BV with in the future. I just don't know. But anyway, here you go. Check it out. Hello there. This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Our guest today is Rich Wilgus, one of two Bloodthirsty Vegetarians from Bloodthirsty Vegetarians podcast, not the Bloodthirsty Vegetarians. And uh, welcome to Potty Talk, Rich. Hey, what do you mean not the Bloodthirsty Vegetarians? You you told me it's not the Bloodthirsty Vegetarians. Oh, I wrote the oh, Bloodthirsty yeah, Vegetarians on my are, blog. It's kind of like Eurythmics. We're Eurythmics, not the Eurythmics. We're Bloodthirsty Vegetarians. I don't know. It all works. I, so that's what, okay. All right. And and you are also an audio engineer who kicked ass solving my freaking beeping problem on the early po- uh, Potty Talk podcasts. Thank it, you. It, well, you're welcome. It kind of had a, like a real sonar ping vibe to it, you know, sort of like a Hunt for Red October thing. I was pretty much expecting Alec Baldwin to walk in at any moment, you know, and, you know, and then a bearded guy saying, pushy galore. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not good for me with, you know, libertarian listeners to have any any sense that maybe there's the government listening in or anything. So I'm glad we got rid of that. Well, seems, yeah. seems very suspicious, right? Yeah. And, How do you exactly do you keep the government from listening to a podcast? I, you know, I, I don't know. Call it potty I, talk? I, I think, yeah, I think, I think mine is too minor to be bothered with. But maybe if I try and fly again one day, I'll find out. <laughs> and the third thing that I think of when I think of you, Rich, is wine. And wine. In just... wine, there is truth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so then I don't think of you. <laughs> and vino veritas. Uh, but a few minutes ago, uh, you were attempting to help me get a bottle of wine open, and I'm, I'm sorry to report, A, that that did not get recorded properly, and B, that I never got that bottle of wine open. Where are you from originally? I'm from Arizona. Where are you from? Are you from New York originally? I am. You are in New York right now, I should mention. I, I am and in New York. We are conducting this interview using Skype, which may or may not hang up at any moment, but we will keep keep on until we have a full interview. We'll keep on keeping on. We will. Okay, so I can't get my bottle of wine open, so you're going to have to drink a fourth bottle for me. 
on that end. We haven't even started. We don't even have a third here. <laughs> I was going to bring the third, but I didn't, you know. Why don't you just keep all your wine over at John's house? Oh, I usually do wouldn't. bring bring a lot of wine over. Yeah, I brought a bottle today. And, and then there's had... like one bottle left at the end of the week. <laughs> well, usually there's no bottles left, actually. But uh, <laughs> John and I are actually currently sharing the fat bastard Shiraz. <laughs> Apparently the, the winemaker is Theory and the Guy. It's a 2004 bottled by the Fat Bastard Wine Company. And this is a, uh, a British wine? What is this? Or is it from Washington? It's it's Australia. Wait a minute. John wants to say something. What, John? It's an Aussie. It's an Aussie. And John is John Tallarico, the uh, slightly less bloodthirsty vegetarian. I'm the moderate. <laughs> yeah, he's the token moderate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Did I mention he's wearing a speedo? Ooh. Why? Take that off. <laughs> okay, it's off. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hot (laughs) oh yeah Uh, (laughs) i am not drinking because i can't get the freaking cork out a red bc clutch in honor of the occasion uh rich being a a two-wheeled monster (laughs) uh 2004 syrah did i say it right this time it is a syrah are you just that's the okay, European... is that the correct pronunciation or the fake correct pronunciation? No, Syrah is correct. Okay. And, that and is it's the... from France. Yes, it is. And that would be the European equivalent <laughs> to the Shiraz, which we're drinking here. Oh, okay. Well, let me. I'm going to try one more time to get it open because I really think we're going to need to drink for this interview. I wish we had oh. more, uh, more of the uh, liquor here. Ugh. Me too. Oh, this is so sad. I feel like I'm going to break the corkscrew. I've never plastic. felt I've never felt like that. It's a plastic handle. Oh my god, why is this so hard? I swear to god I should shoot the top off. <laughs> if you pull it straight out it's difficult. You might want to rock it back and forth. For real? For real. Just just slightly uh, to kind yeah, of break your it, seal. Yeah. Alright, so screw that. I'm stuck with my um peach crystal light. There's instead. kind of a pun there. You really got stuck. a corkscrew in your hands and you're saying screw that. I know. Oh yeah, yeah. If I could unscrew it, see, that's this is why I look forward to the advent of the screw top. And it becomes totally socially acceptable, and all of them use it. Well, uh, for anybody who've been listening to the po- <laughs> to our podcast, the Bloodthirsty Vegetarians podcast on uh, BloodyVeg.com, we've been drinking a lot of the Australian wines lately, which have had screw tops. So for um, corkscrew. Uh, What's the phrase, John? Corkscrew inept. Yeah, for the corkscrew inept like uh, <laughs> you, they you just twist them right off. Of course, I've been having the problem of not being able to twist them off since I'm a twenty pound girl and apparently cannot twist the tops <laughs> off. Yep. Every time Rich comes over, I kick sand in his face. <laughs> he stole my lunch money cry? too. What's Do you that? Make him cry? Oh. I want to see him cry like a little girl. No, that's not going to happen. But he steals my lunch money. He cries after every show. <laughs> Only the last one. Okay. Well, I'm turning John off now. All right. Well, we're going to skip over to the to the wine quiz that I put together. Basically, uh, I, I feel like people should be able to know whether they are a wine snob or not. And, Rich, I think you would be a great calibration technique. Just we'll have you take the quiz, and whatever your score is will be the top end of, of wine snobbery. But I'm okay. not a wine snob in any stretch of the imagination. I don't, I don't think that's true. I don't think you know. <laughs> well, you know, I may be a little too close <laughs> to myself. Yeah. Who, who would be a wine snob that's for real then? 
Oh, I can't say that I personally. What makes them? What makes them different from you? Uh, well, I'm taller. Okay. <laughs> I can't say the that. Mark I, that nine. What? Say it again. I'm going to mark that down as question nine. How tall are you? <laughs> I I can't say that I actually know any wine snobs. See, that's that's why I think you really are a wine snob, you, and you just don't know it. <laughs> you you may be right, or I may be crazy, or okay, I just may be a way. lunatic. Well, anyway. <laughs> I'm not going to turn out the light. <laughs> I don't think it's safe. My my quiz is much shorter than that freaking quiz we just took on your show. Holy cow. <laughs> Whose idea was that? I blame John. He, yeah, I blame John, turned, too. I blame John. <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> okay, so I only have eight questions, and you are going to rate them. This is... This is uh, how, how bad of a sin are each of these wine sins that I'm going to read off? So each of these eight, you're going to rate from one to ten. One means that that sin will send you to a level of hell that is a mere suburb of purgatory. Ten will send you to a special level of hell reserved for child molesters and people who talk at the theater. Okay. So that's the worst possible level of hell. So if I put the cork back in the bottle upside down after I open it, what level of hell am I going to? Oh, that's not a terribly bad level of hell, if you can get it in upside down. It's much easier upside down. I don't know why, but when I pull it out, the bottom expands and the top stays the same size. I don't have a problem with that. So if whatever number would be the least worst, 10? Okay, so that'd be, that'd be one. One, it's okay. Mere, it's very close to purgatory, just next door. All right, how about purchasing a bottle of wine because it has an attractive label? I'm somewhere in the mid. Yeah, John just gave me the finger, except he gave me five, so I got to believe it's a five, and I, I actually agree with him on that. Okay. What because makes that bad? I don't think anything makes it bad. I think it's an experiment. So why why am I going to the fifth level of hell for that, then? Well, I, I, I'm not sure I agree with your rating system. I just think that that's a worthy experiment. I mean, take the wine we're drinking right now. John and I are, are, are drinking the, the Fat Bastard Shiraz, and I don't think John had read about this wine. Have you Had you, had you heard of this wine before, John? No, I haven't heard of it, but I, I love Shiraz, and I thought it was a decent vintage. And uh, It had so a cool name. It had a cool name. So it wasn't the, the top criterion, but I, I, I thought that that was something that caught my eye. It's got a hippopotamus as as the sort of little graphic guy. Well, that's cute. By the way, those penguin wines, not good. Haven't had them. As far <laughs> as I know, the uh, the South Pole wines, they, they never have a good vintage there. So There's a few called Little Penguin, and I thought the penguins were cute. <laughs> Well, you know, you bought the UFO wine too. So yeah, not as good as that flying saucer wine. I forget what that's called. Red what? saucer or something. No, I don't even remember actually. Do you remember, I'll John? I'll find it. What was it? I think it was called sputum. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. Uh, what, what if I poke the corkscrew all the way through the cork and get crumbs in the wine? I don't have a problem with the crumbs. It adds to the sophistication of the bouquet. Gives it texture. Well, yeah, texture is good. <laughs> In fact, John and I go for that every time. Okay. John and I actually have been known to run a power sander over an open bottle. <laughs> okay, what about mixing wine and soda to make a wine cooler? Well, let me tell you this. John's given John's the big no on that one. He's he's given the big whoo, not good. But I got to tell you a story. I went to a stag party years ago for a friend of mine named Steve. 
And I went with my friend Bundy. And why was he named Bundy? Because he he looked like the serial killer Ted Bundy. So we, <laughs> God's honest truth. So we gave him the nickname Bundy. And you know how you've never been to a stag party, I bet. But uh, odds are not good that I have. No, no, no. You, you wouldn't look the part at all. <laughs> but um, you could jump out of a cake. <laughs> <laughs> Probably that wouldn't be allowed either. <laughs> You know, so they they do these little raffles. They raffle a bottle of good wine, a bottle of good liquor, a bottle of whatever. And, um, you know, my friend Bundy, who I went with, you know, had a little cash on him that night. And they were they were raffling the bottle of wine and the bottle of uh, black velvet. And he just bought them all. You know, I'll give you a hundred bucks for the bottle of black velvet. And he just started mixing it all together. So suddenly we had this pitcher full of beer, wine. <laughs> Soda, black velvet, and it was sort of this grayish tinted liquid, and and we got pretty hammered on that. And I got to tell you, that was a good night. <laughs> so, what level of hell would that send me to? Well, that would send you to a, a pretty pretty deep level of hell because at the time I was drunk and I didn't care, but now, yeah, that that's a that's a that's a what do they call that? A something sin? Uh, wait a minute, hang on, that's a carnal sin. Yeah, that's a Mortal. carnal sin right there. That's a Mortal. venial sin. Venial is a uh, forgivable. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mortal, mortal, you go to hell if you haven't had confession before you die. There you go. That one. Yeah, that's bad. So you you want to say like ten? That's a ten, baby. Okay, so you're gonna be in hell with child molesters and people who talk at the theater if you mix your wine and soda to make a wine cooler. And Mac users. Oh, well, that could be fun then. <laughs> uh, okay, this is this is particularly going to hit home there, so you might want to turn John's mic down for this. Uh, drinking fine wine out of a tiki glass. I don't have a problem with that. I choose not to do it. Oh, I don't believe you. Well, I'm looking at the you green. Seem, you seem very upset on your podcast over that. I got to tell you why I don't drink wine out of a tiki glass. It's because it just doesn't work for me. But if you want to drink wine out of a tiki glass, you know, I'm totally cool with that. So one? Okay. No, <laughs> no, no, show, Kirsten. no, what, no wine drinkers are going to mid-levels of hell except if they uh, buy wine because it has a cute label. No, I don't even have, I, I'm midway <laughs> on that, you know, because I bought one based totally on the label you, once. You sent them to level five. No, but I'm just saying I don't mind it so much. It's in the middle. You know, okay. I, I have a different sort of rating system than you do. For me, five is not so bad. Okay. Uh, what about drinking fine wine straight from the bottle? <laughs> I don't have a problem with that either. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hang on. What, John? It's the job done. It gets the job done. <laughs> there you go. You know, the bottom line is wine in bottle ends up in my stomach. Okay. By by way of mouth. By way of mouth. And tongue. Okay. <laughs> All right. So one to ten. I I your rating system is foreign to me. I don't get one. <laughs> okay. Not having a corkscrew on hand at all times, is this a sin? Oh, well, that that's a 10. That's a huge sin. I mean, <laughs> okay. you know, and, and it, it can, heck, you can go down to like the five and dime and spend like one penny and get a corkscrew. I'm really mad because where I got my wine, I could have gotten one of those little lever ones where you, you push the handles down and it pulls the cork out. I can we, work those. We got one of those right that one, here. That's the best. 
I got to re- make a recommendation, actually. There's a, a bicycle component maker named Campagnolo. And uh, John uh, John has a little something to say about them. Uh, le- what do you say about Campagnolo? Can anyone spell it? I'll put a link to them. Campagnolo? C-A-M-P-A-G-N-O-L-O. Campagnolo, but it's campagnolo.com. People call them campy. Campy. And that's what I use on my bikes. But because they make, they're an engineering company and they make fine crafted metal bicycle components, they also make one of the coolest corkscrews going. The campy corkscrew. That's really neat. It's the bomb. Okay, I'm going to put a link to them. How much does it cost? Do you know? <laughs> the Campy Corkscrew is around $200, actually. For, for real? <laughs> yeah, it's a CNC machine piece of, uh, it's a piece of art. All right. We, we'll put a link, but no one's going to buy it. In the fun, you know, as, as big of a fan of Campy component, bicycle componentry as I am, I don't own one. So it's a little pricey. But one of these days, John and I will be opening a bottle with a Campy Corkscrew. And I think it'll be because you got them to sponsor you. That would be Totally you, cool. You could trade for a corkscrew. What would I trade? Uh, mentioning them on your podcast or putting an ad on their on your page or something. I don't know. Well, you know, we'll have to approach them about that. I think you should first oh. talk nice about them in a couple of podcasts first, like you're not going after anything. Then approach them and be like, "Dude, we've been talking so much about you." Well, people <laughs> who know bikes know that Campy is the best, right, John? And all five of our listeners would buy one. <laughs> campy though i will say I this <laughs> campy is a little bit on the pricey side you know a lot of people go go to the shimano which is the japanese component group and lance armstrong won seven tours de france with shimano but we all know campy's the best right john well it's italian there, well there you go italian are you there <laughs> i am okay thought we I have lost nothing you. witty to say to that no <laughs> I was waiting for one of you to say something witty, but I think you're you're tapped out. <laughs> yeah, we got nothing. <laughs> See you later. Bye. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> okay, and here's the last sin I have. Then 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 we'll have you. Oh uh, add- oh, you will commit many more sins. I'm afraid. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Oh yeah. I- I, I didn't put shooting off the top when you can't get the fucking cork out as one of the sins. So much for oh. the G rating. What G rating? This is potty talk. I know. You never have a G rating, but we go for the the, the NC-13 rating. Yeah. That's why you shouldn't tell your listeners to listen to my show without a warning. Well, so yeah. So shooting off the top, how bad is that? Is that really bad? I actually don't have a problem with that because shooting the cork off is just a modified version of the saber ceremony, which is a pretty, well, I won't say common, but it's a pretty popular way of opening uh, champagne bottles. How does that work? Well, it it, it literally involves taking a a sword of some kind and, like, imagine the bottle that you have in your hands. You know, the glass, um, sort of, the diameter of the bottle gets a little bigger as you approach the cork. Uh Uh-huh. And they take a saber when there's pressure on the champagne and they kind of slide it up the the shaft of the neck of the bottle and they just break the glass off. And the pressure, yeah, the pressure of the champagne kind of keeps any sort of glass particles from getting into the fluid and, and that's the way they open the champagne. So, but with wine, I just get glass in my wine. You would. Yeah. So you really don't want to use the saber ceremony for wine, but shooting- what if I sh- if I shoot it, I'm going to get glass in the wine. Well, you know, it's a risk you got to take. Okay. <laughs> you know, for a, a fine, upstanding NRA member like you, you know, you could. I you, am. Not, 
an NRA member. You, me, you know, the Motor City yeah. Man Man. We could get together yeah. and get our bows out. <laughs> what? The NRA is a bunch of pansies. Well, there you go. You know, I mean, you, who am I thinking of? Uh, the Motor City Madman, John. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, the, you know, the Motor City Madman. He's the director of the NRA now. The rock guy, you know, Cat Scratch Fever. Carlton Heston? Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> the Cat Scratch Fever. The Cat Scratch Fever dude. Ooh, Ted Nugent, the Nuge. Oh, really? He is? Yeah, he's big, big, big in the NRA right now. He'd shoot the cork That's... off with an arrow. He, well, he would shoot. He's a big bow hunter type guy. What my wine? I, I don't know why I can't get the cork out. I'm gonna cry. Do you have your? Do you have one of your handguns with you? Uh, I will not disclose that information. <laughs> what do you mean you won't disclose that information? Do you? Do you or do you not have a handgun with you? I'm thinking that, no. That, that, that information is undisclosed. <laughs> so what is it? A nine millimeter? What do you got? Oh yeah, you you have to ask about that on uh, on encrypted email. Why? Do you have this them illegally? Like, it's like asking someone how much money they make. You ask know, me how much personal. money I make. How much money do you None make? None of your goddamn business. Ask me an encrypted oh, okay. email. But you know what? If I had a gun, I'd tell you if it was a nine millimeter or not. <laughs> so I guess that means you don't have a gun then. Yeah. That's not surprising. No, I don't have a gun, but I've thought about getting a gun, actually. Really? Why? Well, well you know what? Let's talk about that, but but let's finish the wine quiz first. Okay. I'm kind of shocked and amazed. All right. Okay, Last, my last question. How bad of a sin is it to hack the cork out with a sharp object when a corkscrew is not available? I don't have a problem with that. Whatever you got to do to get to the wine is fine. John, how do you feel about hacking the wine with a, a sharp object? Vacuum cleaner, whatever it takes. <laughs> I got to tell you, you you have changed my mind. I I don't think you're a wine snob anymore. I'm well, shocked. you know what? I'm I'm a snob about audio. I will admit that. I'll take that. I'll own that. But wine, no. That's I, I'm impressed. I I stand corrected. Well, are I'm there, nothing if not impressive. Are, are there any? <laughs> I'm not going there. Not going there. Not going there. Okay. Sometimes you just have to self censor. <laughs> well, as as you should. Uh, are there any what What do you think uh, sins are when it comes to to wine drinking? The, the inappropriate things that no one should ever do, or or they should be sent to hell for. <laughs> well, you know, I read a book called The Real Frank Zappa Book once, and there's a chapter that he does in there about road stories, and there 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 are some things in there you should not do with wine bottles that involve some very famous guitarists uh, i'll say his name it's going to be steve vai and things you know you probably don't want to do with them but you'll have to buy the real frank zappa book which is kind of a, a biography of frank zappa to find out exactly what i'm talking about but here's the thing about wine drink it love it share it with your friends it's like breaking bread you know well, I think that is a lovely sentiment. And get the women drunk and have sex with them. I mean, that's, that's really more, what it's... That's more what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> well, I just had to go there for the, for the I humor, know. you know? Yeah, it's because it's, it's, it's the show. It's not appropriate to leave those things unsaid on this show. And not your show, anyway. <laughs> Our show's a little, a little less uh, uh, graphic than yours. <laughs> that's not entirely true. Well, hey. Mine has been pretty tame, but. Well, you really haven't had as many. You don't put out as many episodes per week as we do, for example. 
I know. I had a little meltdown back in February or so when my computer died and I lost a show. And Your then house burned down. I went, I went to the emergency room. No, house burning down was more recent. Oh, yeah, God, it's been hell. I know. Anyway, I, I thought, you know, I need to get this thing back because I was having a lot of fun with it. So. And, uh, yeah, I think it's great. You should do more podcasts, and I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. Thank you. Well, uh, let's wrap up this segment and I'm going to put in some music here after we, after we, uh, after I edit it. And then, uh, I'm well, going to have to ask tell later. Them that. <laughs> I, well, why not? It's, it's real. It's how it's going to work. Okay. See, I'm, I not never, all, I'm not all slick like you. I never tell them when there's an edit. They just assume I it, know. they just assume yeah. it went swimmingly. But see, yeah, but, but anyway, um, in, in our last segment, Rich, you, you mentioned something that uh, shocked and, and amazed me. What's which that? Which was you said that you were considering getting a firearm. No, I, I, no, no actually, I was no. not considering considering getting a firearm in the past. Well, what were you saying then? I had considered getting a firearm. Oh, okay. And uh, what, what led you to consider that? Well, I mean, we do have the Second Amendment, and I was just going to get it because. That's kind of cool. And you ruled it out because... <laughs> well, you know, I have better things to spend my money on right now. I mean, it's... You know what? Here's the thing. If I got you food, you know, and if if I got a firearm, I'd probably get, I don't know, a, a Walther's P56 or something. You know, either that or a Tommy gun, and I'd pretend I was on the Untouchables. But, uh, <laughs> no, really. Um, I've looked at a Walther's PBK and a Walther's P56 before. And it's a money thing, and it's it's like, you know, what's it going to do me? I don't know. It's not going to do me any good. And it, I know I'd be a great shot. I'm pretty good at the hand-eye coordination thing. I just I just didn't do it. So in New York, how how would you have to keep that? I just can't imagine owning a firearm in New York. That well, just you, sounds a huge pain in the ass. I'd just keep it in the back of my pants and uh, pretend I was in Goodfellas, <laughs> yeah. you know? And that'll go. That'll go well. Almost as good as taking it down to Mexico. Well... <laughs> In my county in particular, it's it's actually pretty difficult to get a handgun. Uh, to get a rifle, you know, you just go to the store, you give them your name, and two days later, as long as you haven't committed a felony, you can get a rifle. Mm-hmm. And but like at Walmart sells them, right? Pretty much. Every, you know, sort of Kmart, Walmart, those kind of places, right. you can get a thirty out 6 or a shotgun or that kind of thing. You know, hunting in that is actually pretty pretty popular around here. My uncle was a hunter. He had a .30-06. He's bagged many a deer in his life. John, John's shot a bunch of targets and accidentally shot his sofa the other day, but that's something else entirely. <laughs> For real? No, I, you can't take anything just, I say seriously. When I I'm, know. That's when why I'm, I have to check. When I'm working on my ninth glass of wine. <laughs> Out of bottle number 46. It's actually bottle number two. It's the Fat Bastard Shiraz 2004. You can get from... nine glasses out of a bottle? Well, tiny. Or nine glasses out of two bottles. Oh. It's just very, very small glasses. Ixie cups. Yeah, well, shot glasses, actually. Really? Again, huh. you're missing the whole rich lies thing here. <laughs> but what? anyway, back to handguns. I'm that. <laughs> I, I really wanted to get a handgun because I figured chicks would think I was cool. You know, and I bought a handgun and it didn't work, so I just threw it in the river. You know, uh, <laughs> that was a good idea. <laughs> I don't, I don't think you and handguns would go well together. Actually, again, I think I'd be a great shot. I mean, I have shot handguns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've shot a bigger gun than yours. Yeah, but the thing is that 
you, I think it'd be too embarrassing for you. Embarrassing? Like, no. <laughs> it'd be like uh, talking on a cell phone and drinking a Starbucks or something. Well, you know, it's funny you should say that. You must have heard me tell that story, right? <laughs> I have. I wasn't going to bring it up, but I did bring it up. Yeah, I was in New York City at a trade show for the company. The company gave me the company's cell phone, and there I was at Starbucks buying a green tea, and the phone rang. So I was in a Starbucks on a cell phone. How embarrassing is that, you know? (laughs) You know, the handgun thing, though, now let's take it to the next level. Let's take it another order of magnitude. Being at a Starbucks, answering the phone, and brandishing a handgun in New York City, you know, then you're in trouble. You don't brandish it, but I bet you guys do not have, uh, you can't open carry, right? No, you can't open carry around here. See, we can here. Oh, I know you can, and that's why you guys are nuts. See, that's that's what I'm getting at here. I think you'd be too embarrassed to, to have a firearm because it's just socially in your social circles, I'm guessing. I could be wrong. No, I don't I'm... think it has anything to do with social circles. <laughs> For me, I'd get one. I mean, it, you know, the, it's not like I have any children and they're going to accidentally get the gun and kill themselves. I, I just, you know, don't need a handgun and... You know, I fired them. The thrill isn't that big for me. And, you know, who needs handguns? That's one thing I agree with you uh, on. Um, I'll shoot, but it's not like fun and a hobby thing for me. So, I mean, it's so just why, why do you I do it do to keep my skills. But why do you do it? If it's no fun, why would you do something that's skills. not? You're afraid like Charles Manson's well, going to break into your like, house? It's like, like eating broccoli. It's good for me. <laughs> well, I can't argue with that because I, I, I don't butter the gun. <laughs> you don't butter the gun. <laughs> you butter something else, but that's a different story entirely. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm really not afraid that some armed gunman's going to break into my house at any minute. You know, if I really was afraid of that, maybe I'd have a handgun under my pillow. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't. Instead, I have my teddy bear. I have a teddy bear, too. What does your teddy bear look like? He's a green bear with an orange nose and ears. <laughs> really? No, I'm not lying, actually. I could send you a photograph. I, I would love to have a photograph. Can I post a photograph of him? Yeah, I'll send you my, my teddy bear. What's he, his name? He, well, you know, his name is the same name that my brother Joe, my oldest brother, gave him when he gave him to me. My uh-huh. brother my brother Joe was an Air Force guy. He was a musician in the Air Force, so he traveled the world with the Air Force. And any different bases he'd go to, he'd bring back, bring back souvenirs for us. And my teddy bear is one year younger than me. My teddy bear is 39 years old. And his name is? Yeah, you know, it's a little embarrassing. I don't even know who named him, but he's the honey bear. Because oh, bears like true. honey. Did you mention that once before? That sounds familiar. I might have. We all know from Winnie the Pooh that bears like honey. Yes. So he's the honey bear. I have a corporate bear. (laughs) My bear is a corporate shill for Coca-Cola. Oh, so it's like, (laughs) you know, it's like Bill Gates. No, it's that it's that polar bear that you see on the commercials at Christmas time sometimes. Yeah, I know the bear. With the the little Coke scarf. Yeah. Coke. The, I've had him so long, the Coke logo is worn off, and his eyes are all scratched up, and I, I say he has cataracts. And my dog ripped his stomach open, and his stuffing's coming out. <laughs> wow, that's not good. He looks like a Coke addict bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His, his arms are all floppy, because n- no stuffing will stay in them now. <laughs> well, my bear has been re- remade, actually, you know. Uh, I found a seamstress who was pretty talented, who took him apart and restuffed really? him. Yeah, she restuffed him with modern stuffing and remade my bear. 
I have I have my teddy bear from when I was a little kid, and it had a uh, music box in it that played Teddy Bear's Picnic, and the music box. What is that wrote, by Sticks? I yeah, I think so. Or is that like Van Halen? I don't know. Could go either way. I'm not sure. May it might be both. One of them covered it, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who, John? Black I, Sabbath. Oh yeah, uh, Sweet Leaf. I, <laughs> I took the music box out when it wouldn't uh, when it when it broke and wouldn't play anymore, and I was keeping stuff in the pocket there. It would be it was what, my little secret hiding spot. What what exactly were you keeping the pocket there? Uh, Kirsten, a little bit of the uh, Mary Jane. <laughs> no, actually, no. I've never tried that. Not even in like brownie form. No. I will actually admit. I never have. No, I will admit to having the pot brownie. Huh. Straight Do I have laced? to edit that out? No, straight laced guy like me, pop brownie, no problem. You think you're straight laced? I think a lot of people that I work with would call me that. But anybody who's been on the road, to see- say it again. It's fascinating to see how people think of themselves. Well, I, I'm sort of like averaging that. You know, it's sort of like a mean between how I see myself and how I think my friends at work might see me. I see. Okay. Because they See, think I'm, I'm like the straight laced guy who wears like you know white button down shirts and like you know gray docker pleated pants or something. And I would have had you pegged as a totally anti gun guy. I'm not I would enti- have never Well, I'm not entirely anti gun, but I think you know uncoordinated people should not have guns. <laughs> what, what did I say that led you to believe that I'm uncoordinated? Just just to check. I can't remember for certain but you have implied <laughs> well you know it I was... can't remember what I might have implied but I, I have to tell you I've considered a, a few times putting my targets up because I think they're good well I, I wouldn't mean, know if someone's if someone's close enough to me that I'm going to shoot them I'm not going to miss well I have some advice for you Kirsten mm-hmm. don't shoot until you see the whites of their eyes, of their eyes. yeah I, I don't know if I will I, I'm a I'm Looking into taking a class where I shoot in the dark, so that could be harder. Night vision? What? Oh, night vision scope? No, they, 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 they teach you to shoot with a, a flashlight in one hand and a gun in sort of both hands, I think. I'm not sure I haven't taken that class yet. but Well, my friend John they, the Cop has taught me that technique, actually. Really? How does he, that work? Well, you, you have the gun, the flashlight, and you hold it over the gun, and wherever you wave the gun, the flashlight goes too. It's, okay. It's, it's nice. an interesting technique, but, you know. It, Do you see the whites of their eyes? Well, you know, it, I, I have no line for that. I'm sorry. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the whites of their eyes once, but I deny it categorically. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you if you think certain people shouldn't own guns or or shouldn't have them, what what is it? Tell me more about what that means. They shouldn't be allowed to or just should make the choice not to get them or Well, you know, I actually believe in the second amendment. I really do, but I think some NRA wackos take it a little too far. And I think the spirit of the law, and I'm big on the spirit of laws, right? The spirit of the law was to, I guess, overthrow a government that, you know, was corrupt. And we certainly have a corrupt government right now, but there's no way you're going to be able to overthrow this government just because you can have guns. And I don't even know what I want to say right here, but, you know, they have planes with napalm, you know? So what what good is a 38 caliber handgun going to do you against a corrupt government like the one we have? Okay, so I understand that that idea, and I may be sympathetic to that, but 
But as far as what people should should be allowed to or should choose to do. Well, I don't have a... Should they, again, be, they should be allowed to or... that what I'm getting well, the, from Well, the Constitution absolutely says they should be allowed to bear arms. It's in there, right? I I think so, but, you know, not everyone agrees with that. I, actually, I I frequently hear the line that, no, that's the militia only. That's not an individual right. I'm not sure what you mean by that. Uh, the argument has been made to me, and I don't agree with this, but the argument has been made that the Second Amendment is not saying that individuals have a right to own firearms, but that the government has a right to raise a militia. That's an interesting yeah. argument. I'm not, I'm not sure. The militia members have a right to have firearms, and it's all you know, government-granted privilege. That's an interesting argument. I haven't actually put a lot of thought into that level of detail about it. But, I mean, uh, you know, I have many, many issues on, uh, not issues, but I have many, many opinions on guns, right? I, I don't see a problem with it from the Second Amendment perspective. But at the same time, you know, people make the argument that guns make you safer. And if that were true, we would be the safest nation in the world and we're not. I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot of perspectives from which you can look at this. That, that's an interesting point. And if you flip it around and say, well, if not having guns around makes you safer, then there should be a lot of other nations that are safe, which aren't. Yeah, but there are a lot of nations that don't allow guns within their populace that have a virtually zero murder rate as well. Yeah, but that's not necessarily, I guess the point I'm getting at is that's not necessarily related to the presence or absence of weapons. And I agree with you, because Michael Moore, yeah, I I absolutely agree that it's cultural, because Michael Moore did a a film called Fahrenheit 9-11, or no, uh, no, it (laughs) it was the other one. Uh, Columbine, <laughs> Bowling for Columbine. Right. And I think he entered that film with the opinion that guns were bad. And then suddenly he went to Canada and interviewed all these people. And then, you know, he kind of came up with a, a, a statistic where he divided the number of murders by the population of the country and found that con- Canada is a, a gun brandishing company, a, a country. They love their guns. They love hunting. And yet there's like at least two orders of magnitude fewer murders committed in Canada than there is in the United States. And that's it. when you, once you divide by population, then it becomes equal, right? The statistic. Uh huh. And he. Now don't, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, don't you think that's because it's cold? Well, it might be either that or it might be the McKenzie brothers. I don't know. You know, once those guys start singing Take Off and, uh, oh boy, that might be before your time. I don't know. Here, John, John has something to say. It they're is. mining itanium is the problem. <laughs> well, yeah. We, we don't know what they're, what they're mining, but, uh, I'd love to have a bike made out of it. <laughs> okay. So what, what are all these other lots of opinions on guns? Cause I, I'm, I have to say, I'm, I'm very surprised at how much we agree. I, I really didn't expect that. And now I want to hear all your other gun opinions. My opinions on guns are that I have a fascination with firearms, right? Uh, or I have a fascination with weaponry in general. When I was in high school in New York state, we're allowed to take, we're allowed to basically get out of gym class if we can take an elective in an elective, you know what an elective is, right? Yes. We could take a gym elective that it takes as much time as your gym class would take per week. And uh, I chose to take fencing, right? And that's a, mm-hmm. a, a weapon. You know, I, I fenced foil, saber, and epee. So I have this sort of weird fascination with weapons, yet I'm anti-violence and I'm, I'm a peace activist. Hello? 
I'm here. I'm just kind of I'm I'm just fascinated by all that I'm learning. See, I would have never guessed any of this. And I'm deadly. <laughs> that I don't believe. <laughs> no, I'm pretty good with the web with the bladed weapons, actually. Yeah, but I don't think it's in your heart. Well, you know, it's 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 on the mats and it's good sport. So if you were out with your it's a foil, right? Well, okay, a foil. Sure, I, I fenced foil. It's- does that does is is that injurious or is that the one with the little knob on top so you can't hurt anyone? Well, all the all the fencing weapons have a little rubber little thingy, little condom at the top. Okay, but if you were in a real fight with one of these weapons, yeah. would you kill? Would would you be able to kill someone? Do you think? Well, like heck if, yeah! It's a, it's a it's a sword. <laughs> da- no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, would you have it in your heart? Like if you were if you if you were in a position where you had to defend yourself and all you had was your foil. Well, you'd get a pretty wicked welt, I'll tell you Are you that. You gonna much. slice their head off or no? Well, I don't think a foil could slice their head off. It's a pretty. But what does it do then? Well, it just it... stabs or. Well, a I'm foil. I'm not familiar with the foil. The foil would be a weapon that you stab with, yeah. And I mean, but you got to remember, fencing is sort of a a non-literal translation of the sword. You can't really kill anybody with a foil. That's very disappointing. Well, you know, I you know, I do own a rapier and I could kill you easily, but you know. But not with it. <laughs> with the rapier, yeah, but not with a foil, not with a standard fencing foil. Not with okay. a Okay. Yeah, I don't know anything about these these weapons, so. Yeah, they're pretty blunt and they're pretty harmless. I mean, you could put somebody's eye out. That's why they wear the sort of, you know, mask. <laughs> Okay, I'm not bringing up the Brady, the obvious Brady Bunch reference. I know, do not... it. What's the Brady Bunch reference? Oh, <laughs> uh, now I can't remember. It was when when uh, someone gets hit in the nose with the basketball. Oh, oh, wait, John's got it. Hang on, what do you got, John? It's Marsha, and she got hit in the nose with the football. My nose, it was... my nose. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yep. Oh, that was sad. Oh, so the, a little more to, Brady Bunch than me. To summarize, I could kill okay. you if I had a rapier in my hands, but with a foil, the most I could do was give you a, a big welt. And if you, if you, if you were actually were carrying, but that's not really what I'm getting. At. What I'm, what I'm, what I'm getting at here is, if you actually were carrying whatever weapon, and someone, you know, someone that intended to do you harm and made clear that they were about to do that, you know, do you think that you would be able to kill them or? At least injure them, or whatever you needed to do to protect yourself. I I have no problem with being able to defend myself. You know, I certainly wouldn't shoot or or stab to kill. But you know, I went to the. By the way, talking about the FBI, when I was a kid, my family went on vacation to D.C. and we went to the FBI building. And even <laughs> even the FBI, somebody asked the question, "Do you shoot to kill?" to the uh, to the FBI agent who was demonstrating a Thompson machine gun to us on their shooting range. And he said, no, we don't shoot to kill, we shoot to disable. I don't know whether or not any of that's true, but my first choice would not be to kill someone. It would be to mm-hmm. disable them to the point where they could no longer conduct injury to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I, I have to say I'm, I'm very, I don't know, I thought this was a very interesting discussion. I would have not guessed most of that at all. And I really think I learned something about you. That's because I'm the ladies' man. <laughs> no. Ew. Remember that Saturday Night Live character? <laughs> no, was he one of those three guys, or is that a different thing? No, not the dancing guys. <laughs> heads, heads going. That's what I remember. No, no, he was played by Tim 
Tim Tim Meadows. He was the sort of African American. Oh no! Guy. Yeah, I stopped watching by that time. I think. Yeah, he used to have the character the Ladies Man. Oh, that every time you say that, it creeps me out. I gotta tell you. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we will be back with another uh, interesting discussion section with Rich. <laughs> Well, folks, that was uh, episode one, and we will conclude here and pick up in this interview next week where we left off. 